Hello, podcast listeners. Today is the fourth Sunday in Lent, and I am preaching a sermon entitled, Lift It Up, Cross or Cloud, and I hope it speaks to you today. We're continuing with the gospel readings out of the lectionary in Lent, and today's contain a verse you've probably heard a time or two, and then maybe some you haven't. Now, I've expanded the reading by a few verses. I hope you don't mind. And so I invite you to hear this good word from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 11 through 21. Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And let us pray. Gracious God, we hear this word from John, and we want to be people that love the light. But we are nervous because sometimes things do get dark. And so help us to rest in your word and rest in you today. May it give us a confidence to seek out light more and more. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's been said that either you're the kind of person who sees things as either or, or you're not. (laughs) Binary thinking can really pervade because we like categories and we like to organize into categories. And so today we have the most famous Bible verse, John 3.16 in today's reading, but it's proceeding by this obscure reference to Moses and the people wandering in the desert. They were beset by venomous snakes, and this comes from Numbers 21. So the people were wandering with Moses, and it was taking them longer than they anticipated, and so they start to complain about the trip and the food. We never should have left Egypt, they said. Well, I don't know if you've read Exodus, but God went to a lot of trouble to get them out. There were all these plagues, and it upset the natural order of things, which God normally doesn't like to do, but God did it for them. And now they're complaining? Well, so God sends some venomous snakes, and they start biting people as they wandered in the desert. Now, one person dies of a snake bite when you're out in the wild places, and you think, okay, that's bad luck. Another person dies, and you think, okay, really bad luck. Three or four fall, and you begin to look back on what you might have done. You think we shouldn't have complained to God about our rations? Bingo. So they said, "Um, Moses, uh, yeah. Well, do you think you could talk to God for us? You know, intercede on our behalf one more time. 
we, we didn't really know what we were saying. We were just running our mouths. You know, we weren't really serious, and we do appreciate all that God's done for us. Okay, let me see what I can do. So God tells Moses to put up a bronze snake on a pole, and he says, if you get bit, look up at this serpent and you'll live. Now that sounds a lot like some of the cultic worship of idols that were using snakes that were going on in the area in that day. In fact, the rod of Asclepius is a famous Greek symbol for medical arts. The World Health Organization has it on their flag today. So after Moses, hundreds of years later, when Hezekiah becomes king of Judah, he actually breaks this pole with the bronze snake on it that Moses made because people were in the habit of worshiping it rather than God. So we have this idea that in Moses' day, the people raised their eyes upon this pole for healing. The bronze serpent was lifted up before them. And now John tells us in his gospel that Jesus also was lifted up so that the people would find healing for their souls. And we have come to believe and claim faith in Christ. We find that we are walking in the light when we do this. But it's kind of binary, either or thinking. You're either light or dark. Jesus is lifted up in the clouds, reminding us of the ascension into heaven, but also lifted up on the cross, reminding of the Good Friday that comes at the end of Lent. So which is it, the clouds or the cross? Now, I like the clouds. It has a nice happy ending with the ascension. It seems more fitting for God to be raised up into the clouds. The cross is not near as attractive. It's more earthy. In fact, it's a bloody mess. And when we examine it, we get much more uncomfortable. It's so binary, the cross or the clouds. But this represents human life. Sometimes our lives contain a lot of suffering, and sometimes things are going fine and things are great. Our heads are in the clouds, but most of the time, I think we're somewhere in the middle. And sometimes to get to the clouds, you've got to get past the cross. I would like to walk in light. I don't want to be the one that rejects Jesus and walks in darkness. But I think that sometimes we're somewhere in the middle. John makes it seem as if it's all or nothing, but it's, it's really not quite like that, is it? Sometimes we look to the darkness when maybe we shouldn't. It could be when we're hurting. But I think that the light pursues us even then. It doesn't take much light to defeat darkness, does it? One time we took the kids to Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico, and these are these really impressive caves. And so if you've not been, you really should go if you're near, near New Mexico at all. But they get us in the cave, and we're way back in, and, and then they say, turn out all the lights, and you turn out everything. And it gets so dark, I mean, darker than you've ever experienced. And then you notice somebody's digital watch going off, and it's so bright, and it just pierces the darkness. It doesn't take much light. And I think that's what Jesus does for us when we dwell in darkness. Jesus comes seeking us out, and it doesn't take much. We may find that we're known and that we're loved anyway. Why did Moses lift up a bronze serpent for them to be healed? I think they needed to remember their own sin and the consequences that it had. They were being bitten because they refused to see the blessing. They said, oh, this isn't good enough. Hmm. So today, we've got to confront our own mortality. We see the cross lifted up, and we start Lent by putting ashes on our foreheads. We cease to make an idol of this life that we are living, and we acknowledge that there is something greater 
even than the life we hold precious and sacred, something greater than myself. Now, others couldn't take this. They wanted to remain in darkness, and so they put Jesus on a cross. They said, we're going to shut you up once and for all. But they were wrong, and the darkness did not overcome the light. As we lift our eyes to the cross, we must confront our death, but also the evil that we do to others. I want to get past the cross into the cloud, lifted up to heaven. I want to get to the resurrection. I want the happy ending, especially after enduring a pandemic. But Lent allows us to linger at the cross. In order for there to be a happy ending, there must be some kind of trial. A really good happy ending is where you have to overcome something that is kind of awful. So Fred Craddock tells this story about how his mother took them to church and Sunday school. But he said, my father didn't go. Dad complained about Sunday dinner being late when she came home. Sometimes the preacher would call and my father would say, I know what the church wants. Church doesn't care about me. The church just wants another name, another pledge, right? Isn't that the name of it? Another name, another pledge. That's what he always said. Sometimes we'd have a revival and the pastor would bring the evangelist and say to the evangelist, there's one now, sick him, go get him, get him. And my father would say the same thing. Every time my mother was in the kitchen, always nervous, in fear of flaring tempers, of somebody being hurt, and always my father said, the church doesn't care about me. The church wants just another name, another pledge. I guess I must have heard it a thousand times. One time he didn't say it. He was in Veterans Hospital and he was down to 73 pounds. They'd taken out his throat and said, it's too late. They put in a metal tube, and x-rays burned him to pieces. Fred said, I flew in to see him, and he couldn't speak. He couldn't eat. I looked around the room, and there were potted plants and cut flowers on all the windowsills. A stack of cards, 20 inches deep, were beside his bed. And even that tray where they put food, if you can't eat, on that was a flower. And all the flowers beside the bed, every card, every blossom, were from persons or groups from my mother's church. He saw me pick up a card and read it, and he couldn't speak, so he took a Kleenex box and he wrote on the side of it a line from Shakespeare's Hamlet. Fred said, if he had not written this line, I would not tell you this story. But he did write, in this harsh world, draw your breath in pain to tell my story. I said, what is your story, Daddy? And he wrote, I was wrong. Sometimes we dwell in the darkness, but the light is lifted up in Jesus it can be painful to look upon sometimes, but ultimately it heals us of the wounds that we have received in this life. And it saps the venom that others have inflicted on us. And we can see that the clouds abound. Can you see them? For God so loved the world. Amen.